0: You're listening to the Build Shaves podcast presented by Midco Sports Network. This fall sports season is here and Midco and has it covered with live college and high school football, volleyball, and soccer from around the region, plus the return of the area's best high school football show, Varsity Sports Live on Friday nights at 10.30 p.m. and Midco Sports Tonight daily at 6.30 p.m. That's Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports. And this is the Build Shapes podcast. welcome to another edition of the Bill Chaves podcast week four of this and they, they have not kicked us off yet bill
1: no I you know <laughs> in the uh, I guess the menu of podcasts that are out there in life right now the uh, it seems like uh, we we continue to go and like I said I, I appreciate anyone that is uh, kind of grinding through and listening and uh, it gives us th- The long form, if you will, that we can talk about the various things that are going on, can look back last week, maybe look ahead to this week, and uh, uh,
0: action is picking up. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. We're recording this on a Monday morning on August the 27th. I'm Alexander, by the way, from Midco Sports Network, alongside Director of Athletics here at UND, Bill Chaves, in Bill's office, along with producer David Folsky. Feels like fall outside today here in Grand Forks. Temps in the mid-50s, I think a high of only like 60-something, low 60s today, when you step outside and you experience that, that the, the blustery winds blowing in your face, it, it just gives you that feeling of, hey, all right, Schools already started. Football's already begun now in different parts of the country. Fall's really here, and this week around Grand Forks, we we'll really get to experience that firsthand.
1: Yeah, and uh, Grand Forks Public Schools starting as well. So you know, there's a lot of uh, that school feel, that fall feel, and uh, uh, when you play a home football game on a given week, you know, you kind of get a feeling that uh, you know everything is re- really kind of in in uh, in motion at this point in time. I know our staff is buzzing around, and you know, I. I tend to kind of come in maybe a little bit during the weekend just to kind of get things rolling, uh, you know, kind of look back, make sure you clean up some things and look ahead to the following week. But, you know, it's been hustling and bustling inside uh, our offices as well. So exciting time of the year for sure.
0: Yeah, podcast producer David mentioning you he was here kind of around all weekends and without any games, just getting things ready for the season because it will be a busy home week for you and the first home events of the season coming up uh, with volleyball taking place and football here at home. But we'll talk more about that. In a little bit. Bill, I want to ask you, what is is your favorite part about this time of year? What's the best thing about fall in your minds?
1: You know, and again, it'd be interesting to think what David thinks. You know, being in this and, and, and given what you do as well, I think when you finally get into it, it's awesome. Yeah. But there's some lead up to it and there's some <laughs> angst. And, 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 and even, I'm sure what you all are doing, right? I mean, yeah. you, you guys have a, a big plate of things that you are, all are doing. But once you're in it and once you're going, you kind of feel like, all right, now I'm comfortable and away we go. There's so much lead up, so much prep. And, uh, you know, it's just exciting to see uh, the competitions actually occur because we, you know, and again, I think where we are in life, there's a lot of conversation about competition but it's it's great when you can talk about the actual um, the games themselves.
0: Yeah whether you're a player or a coach or a fan, right? there's been this month of lead up. Yeah. And and, yeah. and and for us obviously too there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff before things get kicked off. And those guys are ready to play just like we are. We're ready to see them play and be a part of that. And that's that anticipation really is built up and it's here now. We get to experience that firsthand coming well, up. Well
1: and week. so if we if we look at, you know, I guess how we consume anything right now, whether it be shows or, or, or what have you. A lot of times, and I think this is where we all are right now. We're on demand, but but not with sport. Sport, <laughs> you know, sport is just, a, I, I don't know, it, I don't say it's on-demand proof at this point in time, but you need to, in a sense, see it live. And uh, if you see it live, you know, things that you may never, ever have seen before could happen. It's the best reality TV ever. And you just never know when the the special season's going to occur. Things don't happen on paper. They actually happen when it's actually occurring uh, in front of you.
0: Yeah, that's the great thing about sports. And I think, especially now, like in this kind of binge culture where you can kind of sit and watch a whole season of a show in, in two days if you want to, you can't really do that with sports. You have to let things play out over the course of time, and that's what makes it fun. You get it is it is like a throwback to the old days when you'd have to wait and sit a week in, and, week out of what's going to happen, or you, reading a chapter book or whatever. And
1: you know what's weird is is it actually now, my opinion is. It, it actually is more the reason why you have to watch it live because it's so hard to say don't tell me what happened don't tell me what happened i mean is that even possible can you even say those words is well, that even possible
0: it's uh you have to be in the right context you have to isolate yourself there have been a lot of times <laughs> I know yeah
1: you'd be in a chamber of some,
0: some <laughs> sort there are great, um, have you ever seen the show, How I Met Your Mother, which was a CBS yeah, show? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. There was a, an episode where all the characters missed the, they, they couldn't watch the Super Bowl live and Perfect. they attempted to go through the day, I think it was they were gonna try and get together on a Monday night, so a full day after the Super Bowl without finding out what happened. Yep. And Ted, the engineer, or the architect, I'm sorry, of the group, has made his like sensory deprivation glasses so he can't see or hear as he's like stumbling into people. Just so we can avoid that. It was, you know, to the extremes. They yes. tried. I think they all failed, I think. I think was the whole thing. But they still had a good time watching the game together. But long story short, you can find a way maybe to isolate yourself from some things. We do this on a weekly basis. My friends and I, if you can't watch, for most, honestly, most soccer match, if, if sure. you know your team's playing, yep. it's a big Champions League game, maybe yep. midweek. Those games are on at 145. Yep. Maybe you've got a busy day. Sure. The first question that we'll text to each other is, are you live? Did you watch it live? Yeah. You don't say anything about the game. It's like, can I talk about this with you yet? But that's only because there's a yeah. A, over the course of time, we've known because if you find out, oh yeah, all this team won one nothing. The point watching the game after the fact then is completely pointless because there's no drama to it. You know None. the team's not going to score if they didn't score at the end. of anything. Well,
1: you know, and I I would say even and again I I totally get that I'm more uh, into it or I guess should say in tune to that. But at least from there, you might be able to avoid it anything over here in the states almost impossible i mean almost impossible so um but uh, you know i so all that to be said i think going to say the alara center on thursday night or or going to see a volleyball match at the betty on either thursday or friday you know you just never know what you're going to see and so that's what the beauty of live sport is and and certainly if you can't be at any of those places there's a there's a way now to, to to visually watch those all over the world
0: Thanks for bringing that conversation back around. Because I, I took it—I took it on a, a pretty long walk it's, to, it's okay. to, to nowhere. Um. Speaking of that, being able to see things happen—you know, things happened this weekend in Texas yep. with our volleyball program going down and playing four very difficult opponents that finished last season all in the top 100 in the RPI—and you know, it, I think with a with a really a brand new team that Mark Pryor has put together, I don't think he was expecting to go down there and have a lot of a lot of victories at the end of the day. But they finished one and three against some really quality op- mm-hmm. opposition from Power Five conferences. Um, what were your impressions from what, what you've seen from over the weekend?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think you, you're spot on. I, I, I think Coach Pryor knew that this was going to be challenging and I think anytime you play a TCU or a Texas Tech and, and to that degree a Rice, especially given where they are in the country and you know how many uh, Division One players are uh, in and around Houston area, right? Um, you know, it's a, uh, you knew it was going to be challenging and you knew Green Bay was going to be challenging as well. So I think when uh, when it's all said and done, we we were the first team to take a set from uh, TCU, and so that was that was encouraging. Uh, all told, the opposition today, as we stand here uh, uh, doing this podcast, is ten and four, mm-hmm. and so so they, you know they're with two undefeated teams, with uh, Tech being at three and 0 and TCU at four and Sometimes you don't know what you're going to get with some of those programs, uh, um, but you know those. P5 programs really have to make hay during the non-conference because uh, obviously their conference season is going to be uh, really, really um, difficult. So I think uh, Mark did a good job going down there. I think uh, that that'll set us up for this week, which amazingly now we come in and we've got three three teams coming in and they've got a combined record of 7-1. and one. So an Eastern's at three and oh, so, uh, they were in California and, uh, uh, and, and I would say, how should I say from an RPI standpoint, we probably were uh, playing more difficult opponents from an RPI standpoint, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) You win matches, you win matches. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, uh, you know, so, uh, we're going to have our work cut out for us again this week, but it should be fun being at home.
0: Yeah. Um, Still mentioning Eastern Washington Thursday at noon. Again, that was a game that was switched originally on your schedule, maybe said September the 1st. Because of some scheduling things, they had to scoot that back. But again, season opener at home for volleyball Thursday, 12 p.m., Against Eastern Washington, and then a doubleheader Friday. Western Carolina at 11:30. Louisiana Tech Friday night at seven o'clock. So a lot of good stuff going on over at the Betty on Thursday and Friday at the Und Classic. Yeah, no
1: question. And then obviously there's other, uh, you know, the other teams will play each other as well. So there's course, a yep. so there's a lot of a uh, lot of activity that's going on. Those are just the the, the matches in which we're involved with. But uh, you know, so uh, even Western Carolina comes in at three and as well. So so you know so there's a. Uh, You know, we're going to have our work cut out for us, and uh, you know. uh, But I think you know, being at home, having that competition this past weekend, hopefully, will uh, prepare us for this week and then beyond uh, as we uh, as we get into the season.
0: Yeah, one of the things that Mark Pryor mentioned after the tournament was over down south in Texas was that, you know, we we knew this was going to be a tough couple days. Any coach will tell you one in three is not the record that you want. But at the same time, we were in this position two years ago in 2016 when it was a relatively new team, a couple new transfer kids coming in, figuring out the pieces after a successful run the year before. And they started the season kind of in the same mode, a tough road tournament against a lot of good teams, took a match off a good program, lost the other three. And then turned around and won the big sky regular season and the and the conference tournament. Because you always start building towards November is their big thing this year and this is just one step in that direction.
1: So I haven't done as deep of an analysis on this other than I'll just say it uh anecdotally, is that each set seem to be very uh nip and tuck Hmm. and so i would i I would suggest to you that probably will 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 do us well as as we move forward Uh, because we we won a few of those sets obviously we lost a few of those sets but it always to me volleyball is interesting it it, sometimes it free flows from zero to like 18 points You get to 18 and 19, and then all of a sudden you can just feel the tension. And uh, and you know, so I think there's no uh, substitute for just the experience of that with a new team.
0: Yeah, they there was a testament, I think, to that new group on Sunday morning. They play an early match against Wisconsin Green Bay, and a lot of those sets were really tight. And after losing their first two matches to Rice and to Texas Tech, two very good opposite, you know, two, two good opponents, to go and beat a very good Green Bay team that's been traditionally very good as a mid major and finish off those sets. I think it was 25-23, 25-22. They were all tight, but UND got the job done.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, and, you know, again... just like tennis right I mean you could win a a match three sets to none but but beat them but win seven six seven six seven six and here you know I think you know Green Bay they're going to be just fine as well and so uh you know I think you challenge yourself and I think that's what this program is doing I think there's there's greater visions for where uh Coach Pryor would like to take the program so uh so we're excited about it come out to the Betty this week and it should be a, a lot of fun
0: yeah that's a great way to get the week going in the weekend going with those matches on thursday and friday before that wednesday even you've got some things going on here around grand forks the return of the und booster luncheon which is always a good time on home dates for football and for hockey that's always taking place over at the alaris center this is gonna be your first or did you get a chance to catch maybe the end Caught of the last one last year? Caught yeah. the
1: last one actually and uh i know uh, lowell does a nice job uh you know uh and hosting the uh, luncheon, so that'll uh, that'll be fun. Actually, he's had
0: he a whole summer to work on jokes. So.
1: Yeah, you know, here's 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 the truth of the matter. Um, Lowell was sick at the one I was at, oh, so man. he was on he was on the DL, and so uh, oh, you missed so, out. Oh, I missed out. So uh, so I. I, we talk about my little deal around the track, right? I have not been fully around the yeah. track yet. Have not seen a host uh, hosted event uh, from uh, Lowell Schweigert, so I look forward to it.
0: There will be two things you can expect. Lowell will tell yes a lot of a lot of I don't know corny maybe is not the right word, but maybe maybe it is I suppose a lot of fun jokes. Okay. Mainly based around Norwegian humor that, okay. will, that will be interspersed throughout this event. And number two, and th- this is the best part about this, Lowell of course is the, the older brother of our head coach Bubba Schweigert. Lowell always gets teary when he introduces Bubba for the first time because it means so much to him for his brother to be the head coach of this program. So expect those two things if you attend the Booster Lunch, Wednesday at noon, open to the public at the Alera Center. It's just a great thing to come out, the, the, what is it, the 42nd Street band comes out, and play, I don't remember what the name of the street is, but there's a great pep band that comes and plays. Great food by the Alaris Center. It's a fun way to kind of kick off the home portion of the year here in the fall.
1: No shortage of passion in that room. And I... I I know I'm excited about any I'm in town. If I can make it there, I certainly will be there. And you know, I I think those it, it's a little bit, Alex, a little bit of a kind of a throwback. not a lot of times do institutions have this. So you know, it's pretty special. So I appreciate that that group and and the uh, the booster club uh, putting that on for us.
0: Yeah. So that's Wednesday this week. Normally that will be a Friday, of course, venture as it will be throughout the season. But because of the Thursday football game, one well two days earlier than normal. That's at noon on Wednesday. Coaches show by the way is back at the ground rounds coming up wednesday night at six o'clock
1: yeah uh, our friends from the ground round will host us and uh, tim and paul will uh, have bubba and uh and uh, I'm going to actually make a, uh, an appearance on uh, the first show of the year. And uh, I think my my tee time's like at 6.07. <laughs> so uh, I'll make sure I make it to the ground round, to, uh, make sure that I, there's no trains going by at some stage of the game so I don't miss it. So uh, I'll be there in plenty of time. But it be great. And, uh, yeah, you, you just know you're you're in it, right, mm-hmm. when uh, when all these things are occurring. And then, of course, you know, we kick off at 6.30, uh, or I'm not quite sure exactly the time, but let's say broadly 6.30 on Thursday
0: night. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Mississippi Valley State coming to town from, is it Itabina? Is that how you pronounce the name of it? I haven't done my 100% pronunciation research yet. Bill and David are both giving me looks like, I don't don't know.
1: I'm not going to go there. (laughs) So I'll give you my pronunciation story. Uh, And again, not that it's affected me, right? To to some level, obviously, I I can throw it out there. I didn't do a very good job with Appalachian State back in Mm. 2007. I was saying Appalachian and uh, I was quickly, quickly corrected. So so I'm going to pause. If I don't know that, I'm not going to do it at this time. I'm going to let you roll with that we'll one. Have
0: it, we'll have it figured out by Thursday. That was
1: Alex Heiner. The Alex uh, did that.
0: The Delta Devils coming up from. Somewhere in Mississippi, uh, Don, that we'll we'll discuss how to say the name (laughs) later on.
1: Jerry Rice had one heck of a career there, huh? You
0: know, he did okay. You know, The crazy thing, doing research about Mississippi Valley State this week, I didn't realize Deacon Jones is a Mississippi Valley State alum as well. So two of the greatest football players of all time both went to this university back in the 50s and
1: and
0: the 80s. Um, They have obviously kind of fallen on on tough times for the last couple decades. It's been difficult for them to have success down in the SWAC, but a team that, again, traditionally – has a lot of people that care about this program. Because of the Players they have produced.
1: Has history, no, no doubt about it. And uh, you know, there's only one way to have history is to make history, and they have it. So uh, again, you can't go to your uh, local store and go to aisle 12 and go get history. Does it doesn't? It's not <laughs> it doesn't there. Work out. No.
0: Uh, one of the fun things this week, obviously, the game 6:30 again Thursday night at the Alaris Center. Be there, pack the Alaris. Great to have that atmosphere in person. We're broadcasting the game live on MidcoSN as well. So I've started that research process of figuring out more about this team from out of conference and one of the things that has made it interesting this week is they don't have a sports information director yet so mississippi valley state hired a a gentleman from the houston area to be their sid for football he doesn't start on the job until september the fourth oh so there hasn't been a lot of information coming from that school uh so we'll be flying blind a little bit in some sense their roster online currently has 10 people on it no numbers um, no, there's, there's not a lot of background information, but the good news is great ones adjust. That's and, exactly. I, and, and, and I, I believe
1: <laughs> I, in my short time with you, Alex, you, you, seem to have that ability, innate ability to adjust and you will adjust on the fly.
0: Two kinds. No mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, so I'm not sure if I'm just greasing the skids. If people are just don't expect maybe as much detail on some of the individual players from this program as you normally would get in a typical broadcast but it's going to be a lot of fun um, this is you know the, the first time in a while that UND is being able to host their opening weekends you know of the season have a home opener yep. how important is that like what what does that do for a program when you can start right off the bat week 1 and you're playing in front of your home fans
1: i think it especially in the FCS it is difficult. And, and I would say, is it 13 maybe the last time it, it occurred I mean, here? Right. And so uh, you're exactly right. It is, it is not an easy thing uh, for that to occur because a lot of times if you're going to play your FBS game, it could be in week one. And so let's just say over a 10-year period, my guess is half of those will be week one. Mm-hmm. So already you're down to about five games of where it could be. And if you ever kind of open up kind of home and homes, you're probably looking at two and a half to three, right? Two to three uh, weeks where maybe you have a home game. So uh, I think it's special. I, it really is. It kind of gets uh, it gets your fan base fired up. And I like the Thursday night prior to Labor Day. I do. Yeah. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of any day you play, right? I mean, I, you, you'd figure it out. But I do like the Thursday night piece because then you kind of – get the get the game in, people are all fired up, and then you, you kind of have the weekend to, to kind of look at all the other teams that are going to be in action that week, and then you get a little, a few extra days of prep time uh, for your next week.
0: Yeah, this was beneficial for UND last season opening on a Thursday down in Utah in Salt Lake City, and then you have yep. yeah, it's like a little yep. extra, you do. not a mini buy, but you get a couple extra days in there to heal guys up, look ahead to the next opponent. Gives you a little more space to isn't get ready for it, Isn't too. it
1: fascinating that the, the one or two extra days feels almost like i don't know it feels almost like three or four days yeah. it, it's like exaggerated and then when you have a week off it almost feels like a month yeah. it, it's just an odd it's odd when you're in the midst of of the season but but this will get us uh, going and i know uh saturday uh um obviously washington's got a huge one in atlanta so uh, uh you know we'll be able to be able to watch our our, our next opponent on, on
0: tv on uh, on saturday when you look at scheduling, and obviously UND is set next season for non-conference opposition, I think they have a home game against Drake to start the year. So pretty cool back-to-back home openers for this team for Week 1. North Dakota State, Sam Houston State on the list for next year as well. But as you as you look forward, obviously Mississippi Valley State is a team that won two games last year. They've only won eight games combined in the last five years. Talk about the the pros and cons of having a team that you you know you you expect to probably win this game to start things off, but at the same time, you never know. Yeah, you never, you know, never know. That's why why you play them. That's
1: why you play them, and I you know and and. Uh, um, you know, I look at a team like an Austin P last year that had gone through some, some difficult times as well. And they, they when you're going to turn it around, you don't know the year that you're going to turn it around. And so, you know, it could be this year. And so we have to be uh, incredibly uh, focused and prepped. And that's the only game you have this week, anyways. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, if if Kyle Doporowski was here, uh, who, 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 helps us stick handle the scheduling of football. Here's what I'll say, there's a whiteboard in my office and it's blank right now, but you put a lot of stuff up on the whiteboard and some of the stuff comes to fruition, some of it doesn't. And everyone's got balls in the air, everyone's juggling things. I would say that most of our counterparts do the same thing in the FCS. They probably look at, okay, what are we doing with an FBS standpoint? Mm -hmm. And, And you try to go out as far as you can. Then you start thinking to yourself, all right, do you have home and home? FCSs, that makes sense? And then from there, is there any sort of, how should I say, buy games that you could bring in, in FCS, or maybe even a non-D1 school if it works maybe in a year where maybe you have 12 games and that's not every year. And so, so basically it's a big uh, puzzle. And, and you, so we're always constantly scheduling when it comes to football. So we are out a little bit, but we still have some work to do. And hopefully we can, uh, we can solidify, uh, be, you know, beyond, let's just say 21, that would be
0: uh, helpful for us. Yeah. One last scheduling question, and then we'll kind of move on from your chair obviously those conversations are already happening to some extent. Like you've got some non-conference games scheduled now for a couple of years out, Kansas state on the schedule yep. two years from now. And, uh, how, how, when do those phone calls happen? When, when did that process really kind of kickstart for years ahead? Are those conversations kind of already happening right now? Yeah, and, yeah. yeah they are. I, I
1: mean, you know, we, we're, we're out there a ways and, uh, you know, we're always trying to look ahead because, What's happened is, it was necessitated in the fact that the FBS is so far out ahead. Sure. Mm -hmm. And so you're always trying to look ahead and try to say, all right, how do we fit in there? And for us in the FCS, the FBS schools are always gonna kind of put you on hold until they have their schedules figured out, which makes a whole lot of sense. And so uh, that's why you have to go out so far. And uh, once you once you have that figured out, you know, occasionally, I, I know this has been my experience when I was at Eastern, and it'll be here to some degree as well. There's occasions where the schedule could change as, uh, too. I mean, right. mm-hmm. you know, there could be some television opportunities for other programs, and then maybe some, you know, we'll maybe adjust along the way. So nothing, even though it's out there, it doesn't mean, though, that we couldn't adjust if someone were to ask us to do that so all that to be said um yeah it, it's out there and that's part of the reason if you want to loop it into the missouri valley football conference part of the reason why we're kind of in this um 18 19 mode right now is because the schedules are so far out yeah. and you know we probably you know you put a man on the moon in 69 so could we have made it happen in the missouri valley absolutely you could have, but it w- there would have been pain. Yeah, There would have been incredible pain from everybody. And so at the end of the day, that was probably the best thing for, how should I say, all intended. Now, having said that, obviously we had to take some of that as well, having to play an independent schedule, but everything's still out there in front of us for us.
0: Mm-hmm. It's still, I think that's the big thing when people look at that and, and are just curious you know, why we're in this independent mode. But it's the schedule, the schedule that is set so far in advance and you don't want to upset the apple cart and make teams that you've had close relationships with and will have good relationships with in the future. You don't want to make them upset at you by totally switching things around and changing things up. The dominoes
1: would have been incredible. That's what I'll tell you. The dominoes, again, not... Again, nothing would be impossible, but I'll tell you what, the dominoes would have been very, very hard. And so uh, I think that was in the best case uh, interest probably for the Big Sky schools and for the Missouri Valley schools. And so with that, you know, we get our schedule and obviously there's no automatic birth in the next two years for us. But again, we're playing for one of those 14 at-large births.
0: Yeah. And that starts... On Thursday at 6:30
1: starts on. Th- it actually started on Saturday.
0: And there, there you go. That's true. Yeah, SES kickoff already underway. We've had a couple a, a team in Mississippi Valley States Conference, or at least in their yes. opposition conference, the Miac, which plays the SWAC and the Celebration, Celebration Bowl, Bowl, which yep. is a cool thing every year down in Atlanta. Uh, got off the bat with a big win over Jacksonville State this weekend.
1: Yeah, it was in Montgomery, and uh, you know, it's funny. I, I would say this. I it it, it kind of struck me. It looked like the pitchers were ahead of the uh, the hitters. You know the defense was ahead of the offense, and uh, I think if you're going to look back, this is just my opinion. Watching the game, I know the offense has really, you know, to some degree had had a difficult time uh, on Saturday. But I just think you know those two defenses are pretty darn good, and uh, and so you know we'll see what ends up happening as it as it moves through. But that was probably an upset in, in a sense, but but the other sense of it is Jacksonville State was breaking in a new quarterback, and that can always be difficult.
0: Yeah, and that's something UND will be doing this. I week. know. So yeah, I mean, so you never know. And I think that's maybe why, fans, if you look at this game and think, well, this maybe is kind of a throwaway game. This is a team that wasn't very good last year. You get a chance to break in some of these new guys against opposition that might not be quite at your caliber, who could test you, certainly. And you get a chance to kind of roll things out and see what Nate Ketteringham is all about. See what some of these new freshmen, Garrett Mogg, a kid at receiver that's got a lot of talent from St. Paul, some of these transfer guys, Lenny Nelson at safety, see what they're made of. In a live game situation, in front of your home fans, under the lights, you can't it's always have, different. It's always different. You
1: can't replicate it, and you know, as David sits here, uh, you know, and, and has done, uh, you know, a lot of live events. You can't replicate live, and you know, and so a lot of times, you know, you wonder, you know, people will say, well, why did that happen? Well, because on a on a whatever Tuesday, we can't go out and do exactly what we're, you know, what's going to happen on say a Thursday night at 6:30 at the Alaris Center. So same thing on the field hard to replicate.
0: One cool thing, by the way, and then we'll move on to our next topic, but the Alara Center, fans showing up to pack it on Thursday night, they're going to experience some changes, some new things in the building, which will be a lot of fun, changes to some of the vending, concessions will be different, tailgating will be a little more streamlined. This is great from a fan perspective. A lot of fans that I've talked to are really excited about some of the moves that the Alara Center has made coming up this week.
1: So I'll give uh, um, a number of folks just a tremendous credit. The Game Day Experience Committee, uh, led by uh, Mike Manassa, Peter Stenjum, they, they've been great. I know it was a driving force of President Kennedy to, to try to uh, you know have a, a larger group, a, a, a local group, try to help us almost become a, a focus group of what it is that might um, uh, maybe excite them that maybe wasn't going on there. Then I give our friends at Spectra and the Alaris Center uh, a whole lot of kudos um, of working together with us to try to figure those things out. But you're right, from menu to kind of maneuvering the tail tailgating to uh, you know doing a number of other things I think you're going to see uh, a, a great game day and in, in Alex I, I was here in 13 with Eastern and then I was here in 17 and, and I thought there was a marked Difference, marked difference on on the game day. And that's so cool. And, you know, so now I think we keep ramping it up, and now we just have to continue to ramp it up and make that just an awesome experience.
0: Yeah, that bar just keeps getting set every fall. You got to just push it up a little bit more.
1: Well, and the other thing is, we always have different uh, constituency groups. So, you know, between our student body, to uh, families that might have small children to say some of our seasoned fans. Mm -hmm. And so, and and there's uh, fans all in between. And so, you know, it's always interesting because we're always talking and it's like they're coming through their lens, but we always have to look at multiple lenses. So uh, as long as we can fill up the Alaris Center. The environment will be what we want it to be, and uh, and obviously, if the if the team does what they do, um, that'll be uh, that'll be a bonus, right?
0: Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Kicking, kicking the season off again, 6:30 on Thursday night. Mississippi Valley State here in town to open up. 20 supposed to be good weather too. <laughs> yeah, always always 72 and sunny inside the Alaris. Well, that's but true. But for tailgating but as well, yep. for sure, yep. for sure. Uh, we already mentioned, again, volleyball in action this Thursday and Friday with the UND Classic. Soccer on the road this week after a good start to the year. Last week in Louisiana, they go out to Montana to take on Idaho on Friday, Montana on Sunday in the Montana Invitational. A uh, couple of good Big Sky up opponents. Um, Idaho was a team that was picked to finish seventh in the conference this season. Montana picked to finish third. UND lost a pair of 2-1 games to both of these teams last year. So they've got maybe a little revenge on their mind with a senior-laden UND team coming back. But a good chance, like we said on the pod last week, a good chance to test themselves against like-minded opposition.
1: No doubt. And so... The fourth team there that we don't play is Vermont, actually. So Vermont will be there as well. And so I think playing Idaho in Montana will be good for us because we, there's familiarity and we'll have an idea of sort of how we measure ourselves year over year. And so uh, so we're excited about it. Obviously got have gotten off to a good start, but this will be a challenge for us.
0: Soccer on the road, cross country on the road as well, a little closer to home. They open up their season in Fargo with the Bison open on Friday at 545. This is a sport that obviously doesn't get as much publicity because you're kind of you're sort of all over the place. You don't have many home events, maybe get one a year. But this is a sport that matters and a sport in the fall that you have a lot of kids that are really dedicated that do a great job that don't maybe get the love of football or volleyball or some of these other sports. Yeah,
1: you know, you know what it is, too, is a. uh it's one of those uh, lifelong sports. Mm. So you're going to see a runner that's going to be a runner that will be a runner for the, for the rest of their life, probably. And then they're going to end up, you know, doing a marathon or doing other things. And so, uh, you know, yeah, I, it's probably not your quote unquote, you know, spectator friendly sort of uh, sort of like golf. Right. It's hard to follow golf. Um, but but those are things that, uh, you know, our, our, all of our student athletes work incredibly hard. So they they kick it off, if you will, uh, on Friday night.
0: Yeah, anything else going on in your world, Bill? You want to touch on from a UND perspective? No,
1: I think I think that's about it. I think uh, I think we've we've knocked just about everything out that uh, I had on my list.
0: Excellent, good. So we'll put a bow on the A side, move over to the B side. I, I should ask you: Your daughter started school this last week here at the University of North Dakota. She did. Um, How was week one? she's back for
1: week two. So, you know what? Uh, I mean, I'm not saying those are some, uh, short expectations, but, uh, um, but, you know, that's a good thing. And, uh, uh, you know what? Uh, rolling, uh, just rolling. And, uh, you know, she's in the musical theater. Theater program and excited about that, so they've already had rehearsals for various, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, auditions for various shows, and so uh, um, I'll, I'll probably, uh, as it gets closer, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll promote that at some stage of the game, and so that'll as be should. as yeah. uh, what well, that'll be a B side, so it won't <laughs> be an A side. Although that's you could argue it's 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 good to always kind of spread your wings all the way around campus, and so no exciting, uh, you know, obviously it's exciting to see all the students uh, back on campus. I had a meeting here this morning and I walked across campus and, and, and it was bustling.
0: Yeah, and that's it, the one of the big things about this fall when you see that, and we talked about this last week, obviously the life that just comes back on campus, it's special and it's, it's great. new and it's unique. How did you experience that now as a parent for the first time?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I've tried to do my best to kind of stay out of whatever she's doing, and so uh, you know, I've I've got my thing to do. She's got hers, and away you go. And so uh, I think she rolled in here one time last week, and uh, that was about it. And uh, you know, but you know, she's got her life going on on campus, and uh, you know, I'll try to help where I can, but you know, to some degree. Uh, it's almost like two separate paths, if you sure. will. And sometimes we'll, we'll connect it along the way.
0: Yeah, it's a busy life being a freshman in college and figuring all these things out for the first yeah, time. Yeah,
1: I've been lucky to get a job on campus, too. And so there's mm. just, you know, pieces of the puzzle. And I think those are the, the important things. You know, I so many things can be learned outside the classroom. And so uh, I think you need to take advantage of that. And if you can do that, you say that to our student athletes, right, as well. And, you know, I think that gives you a chance as you go into the workforce later on to, to kind
0: of Put it all together, if you will. Yeah, big steps for the Chaves family. Yeah, big steps. Big steps. Uh, Steps in the wrong direction, unfortunately, for the Chaves sports families. The Boston Red Sox have lost three straight now to the Tampa Bay Rays, unfortunately. You got a little present from a new staff member here who is a big Rays fan that – Maybe, maybe Alec overstepping his bounds maybe a little bit in his like second week on the job.
1: There's so many ways I can go with this. Um,
0: so <laughs> tell, tell the story. Go ahead.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I came rolling in this morning, and uh, I was in yesterday. Just the, you know, and I, I think I saw a number of our folks uh, here, and uh, I, I I popped out uh, earlier than them, and uh, that was before the uh the rays had completed their sweep of the red Sox down in uh in the uh trop so uh, i came in and i had some sort of a devil ray sort of looking image on my door and it you know it, it's it's in the garbage right now it's somewhere <laughs> along the line and it had some sort of i don't know broom on it and there mm-hmm. was a, there was a devil ray and broom and i, I just kept thinking who on earth is a ray fan i mean really i mean I, th- that's probably the biggest upset <laughs> yeah. of them all i mean and again whether or not uh they actually uh um you know i, I again i just I'm, I'm shocked that we have a ray fan in the department let's start there but um they've played actually pretty good the rays
0: surprisingly so it, it kind of a obviously they and the orioles and the jays have sort of been the bottom feeders of but, the East been this pretty season, good. but yeah
1: And, you know, yesterday I knew it would be tough because that lefty's pretty good. Um, And so... Yeah, I mean, hey, the Red Sox—it's it, 162 games. The long, long season, and five games in the loss column now with the Yankees. I mean, it's not so much the Red Sox record; it's the Yankees yeah. record too. I mean, I've got 83 wins as well, so um, you know they—they've been playing really good ball. So they go uh, back to Fenway, I think, tomorrow and play the Marlins, wow. and so they've got to get back on the beam. And I mean, I say that loosely, right? They're 49 games, I think, over 500, and have <laughs> won 90 games already. And you know, and, and like yeah. life is—is is, like teetering right now. You know, the, it feels like the wheels are. Shaking shaken so uh, I think we'll be okay
0: I saw uh, you know some people have said is this a good time if you're going to have a slump I mean probably mid-August is probably a decent time to sort of maybe let the let the wheels kind of come off a little bit so you can get things back together in September is if you wanted to be a really silver lining person you know they've they've lost six of their last 10 they've just not had a streak like this this season when they've been on this incredible pace is this okay for this team to struggle for a little bit here. I think so. Well,
1: that what they've done is, uh, it, and again, I think, I, I do think there's probably, uh, they were cruising to some degree that maybe it gives them a little bit of a reset, but they put sale on the DL, right? Twice. Yep. And so the, let, let's let face facts. I think we all have inflammation in our shoulder. So <laughs> I, at some point, and at whether you at some point. And so so my guess is they wanted to make sure that he was ready for the playoff run. Mm-hmm. But, but, but truly, but truly you really don't want to play in that one gamer if you, if you don't. I mean, so so th- that's the tricky part of this is like, it, I agree with you, but it feels like 78 again. Yeah. It, it feels like the two best teams are sitting in the same division. And so they have to be a little careful right now.
0: Yeah, Yanks are six games back. But as you said, five in the last column. Yep. They play each other. Do they play each other again in the regular oh, season? Oh, I think I they do. I feel like they do. They I feel they like lost. they do. Yep. They got a ton of games between each other early in the season. They I should have looked that up before I got on that. But um, yeah. It'll be fun to see how this all shakes out. Hopefully fun for us.
1: They, can't, they can't lose tonight, which is a Monday because they're off day.
0: <laughs> right? Correct, yes. It's like a bye week. There you go. Right? Uh, um, well, that'll be something to pay attention to as we get into September and the the fun of fall and what that all means for Major League Baseball fans. Alec Johnson, by the way, who's the new Sports Information Director for Volleyball and for Men's Basketball now, who had been an intern here with the department two years ago and previous to that. He's your Devil Race fan. That's uh, and he's now maybe going to be out of a job after this. No, no,
1: I I appreciate his mm. um, how should I say, um, willingness to just uh, be proud. Mm. I, I I'm I'm appreciative of that, and my guess is he's probably trying to help his boss jason has to with his struggles with the jays this year that would be my guess is like they're they're like tag teaming kind of the Rays jays thing just to kind of just say
0: something about the red sox it's a funny department because you're right now you've got three different strong-willed american east people all working here in athletics it's yeah i don't know if anybody is a is a yankee or a oriole fan that happens to be in athletics but
1: I I like our chances on an
0: annual basis. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'll say. (laughs) Bragging rights are going to probably stay in the athletic structure's office. I'm just saying. More often than not. Well, there you go. Um, Bill's other big passion, Tottenham Hotspur, so we're taping this on a Monday morning they played this afternoon so when you're listening to this you will already know the outcome of their big match against Manchester United but how are you feeling not knowing the outcome going into this game at Old Trafford against the Rams? So
1: the only thing I know is this and you're going uh, to give me a little and congratulations on your Liverpool you're still top of the table. The, um, this is a late game right there? I mean 8 o'clock Monday, at night? Monday is night is, football. That, is yeah. that like 8 o'clock at night? It, um, my guess is it'll be um, quite crazy atmosphere. Yeah. And so uh, and, and Man U's been in an interesting scenario where they're just uh, it seems like they've got a little bit of drama going on uh, <laughs> among their team. And so uh, can, can uh, I, I would love to see Tottenham score the first goal because I think it could send Man U into a tumble, which would be awesome. So uh, we'll see. I, I you know, I, it seems like this is kind of right up the alley where Tottenham never gets it done. Mm. They don't get this one done. We're going to be talking next week, and I could see a 3-1 final for for Man U. Okay. I I could see that. You could see that. I could see that. What is your
0: official prediction? I I, I
1: think Man U gets it done. I'm hoping that I'm incredibly wrong in that that Tottenham's got a little going on there, but I, I don't know. This is usually the spot where they don't come through.
0: We'll, we'll see if the the, um, the phraseology. If you're not familiar, uh, spursiness or they're, they, they pull the spurs or right. they're so they're spursy. spursy. They're yes. spursy. Those aren't those aren't positive connotations. That no, have been no, at your
1: team. no, not at all. And, but you know they, uh, you know Fulham. Uh, they, they played last week. Fulham, I think, scored like three goals, four goals last week. So you know you never know who they're kind of playing at yeah. that point. So you kind of leave a match and you go well you know maybe that wasn't a great result or they struggled well maybe the team they're playing's not bad exactly yeah so so you never know but uh you know it's early on in the year but this could be a this could be a, a little bit of a um blow for for Man U if 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 they don't get three out of this i guess a good result would be one i mm.
0: would well, i would take a point i would take, a
1: point. I would take yeah. a point but would like
0: to kind of stick it in them one of the things, and you mentioned this. This is a big game. And then this is week three of a 38-game season. Do you, in soccer, especially in the English Premier League, it feels like every game. Now again, obviously, every game matters the same. Every game is worth three points, just like in any other sport. All these games matter in the regular season. But because there are no playoffs, like there, this it's the regular season. What you do over the regular season is all that matters. There's no, po- it's not about getting into the tournament. It's about being the best from week one over to week 38. Do you know of any other sport where every week feels like life or death, like it is in club soccer? Like well, this? well,
1: I don't. I, you know, you have a little bit longer history than I I do, but I can tell you this: in the last say four years or so, you've had two two years where teams ran off and hid. Yeah. Chelsea a few years ago and, and Man City last year they just completely just took off and they never left points on the table no so to speak right I mean um and so uh, yeah I you know you just it's hard to get your arms around and you're like oh geez there's 30 whatever left but what ends up happening is you know there's a select group of teams that if you can get points out of boy that's a big deal and yeah. so it's almost like the mat, it's like the it's the season within the season and so this is one of those bigger matchups, and it's a lot of pressure on the home side, I think. And that's where I think it would be, uh, it would be great if I, you could see Tottenham take it to them a little bit, because they've really got nothing to lose. I have an expectation they're going to lose. I think probably, <laughs> as you as a Liverpool fan, what do you think? If you oh, were to I, say.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll be a great match. It's a unique game today because, again, Manchester United's coming off a 3-2 loss to a Brighton team that everybody thinks is probably going to be relegated this year. And, the you know, there's going to be a airplane flyover saying, the, you know, the owning family should sell the team and like all this stuff. There's a lot of turmoil at the club. But with that said, this is a team and a manager in Jose Mourinho that usually digs their heels in when their backs are against the wall. And, you know, Spurs have played okay in their you know, 2-0 this season. Not great, not poor, but... Um, I, I think we're probably in for kind of a turgid one one is would be my guess. I think it's probably gonna be sort of a I think Man United is gonna ugly the game up a little bit. Oh, you think, think. so? That would be my guess. I think that that's kind of Jose's style. Even though they're playing at home, I think he's gonna try and grind out a one nil and I think I think Spurs are good enough to be able to get a point.
1: What I don't get what I don't get is it seems like they have so many world class players mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like you need to play that way.
0: You don't you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to, but that's the manager. And that's, and
1: that's kind of the struggle I think yeah. with their fan base has. Right. But you know, they had this distant, what second place finish last year. And it almost felt almost like the fan base was discontented with all of that. And so it'll be interesting. I, you know, it's either going to really help them that all the focus is on this one particular match or not. Right. It's one or the other. And so, uh, um, but if, if like I said in, in a, in a, in a in a soccer match if you can score the first goal boy it, it, you
0: can put the pressure on it makes a big difference yeah one last Spurs thing for you and and this is a sports theme in general last week it was released that La Liga the, the Spanish Premier League essentially are going to play a regular season game in Miami so they're mm. taking a regular season match Saw that. And the way things work again with soccer you play a home and away match against everybody in the yep. league so the fact that you're going to take a home match away from one of those clubs in La Liga move it to the US it's a little bit different than when the NBA plays in London or the NFL or oh, the and Red, Red Sox Yankees yeah. Yeah, right? going, going to play in Japan or doing like things like this um, Spurs do not have a home currently like they their home is under construction right now and they keep pushing that deadline back but there's a rule in the EPL that says you can only play your home games at one venue every season and they're lifting that rule for Spurs this year because their home stadium was supposed to be finished in time for the year and it's not going to do you see a scenario where home games Will sort of become just kind of nebulous, not just in soccer, but kind of in all sports, where all of a sudden hmm. there's this global brand where you'll see the Giants playing the Jets and it's going to be in Munich. And you'll see, and they're, they're, you'll play half your games at home, half your games on the road. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: That's a good question. I, I, I think, you know, so I, maybe this is a longer topic on the A side at some point okay. in time as far as ticket sales and things that you know you're trying to do from a revenue generation standpoint and I think given the fact that you can really pick up a device at this point in time and watch just about any game in any league in the world if you really want to has to have had an issue or provide you issues on selling your home matches or games so if you reduce the inventory of that particular sport right or 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 team m- maybe that puts you in actually a better spot so that's maybe into some degree what you're thinking as well maybe 19 matches if it turned into 15 is better i, I it maybe. so i don't know that, I, i'm surprised that they're doing it i know the players spoke out and they're not excited about it at all And, uh, you know, I think the NFL has done it certainly with uh, uh, franchises that are struggling, I think, to sell. And I think there they want to reduce the inventory as well.
0: Yeah, you see that because it's the Jaguars every season play in London. And part of that is because their owner owns Fulham Football Club as an Englishman, Shad Khan, that is kind of trying to bring that game. But you're right. That's an interesting point when you reduce the supply. When the demand is not very high anyway, do you see your demand increase just to try and help boost?
1: It's a good question. I I don't know. So uh, it's just funny how, you know, the, the, the globalization of really sport is, is turning in. I mean, I, we didn't really necessarily see this 15 years ago. I mean, and, and kind of the flipping of all this. But I think the ability now for folks to really be able to dial in and get these games in a, in a way they've never been able to before has has now put, I guess, leagues in, in a situation where they have to think this through.
0: Yeah, it'll be an interesting... An interesting wrinkle in the sports landscape as the decades <laughs> go on and something we'll probably see a little more prevalent less so in in the next couple of years well UND is not going anywhere for their home games they're keeping them right here in Grand Forks for the foreseeable future and we're excited that those will be getting started this week Thursday Friday a lot of good stuff happening here in the city we're pumped fall sports let's coming go. here they're coming home let's Bill. go all right anything else to add Bill I think we're good There we go. Big thanks, as always, to Bill Chaves, to David Folsky. I'm Alex Hiner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you at the Alaris and at the Betty, and we'll talk next week.